0: i <laughs> To Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's celebrating Passover a little bit early this year. What? I'm Alex. I'll get to that in a second. I'll explain that in a second. I'm Alex.
1: <laughs> wow, what a what a dark beginning to this podcast. <laughs> uh, when you when you walk in darkness for as long as we have, 113 nights, you realize that all of the focus you've had on romance and shipping uh, really doesn't amount to much when Corpse Betty is endgame. <laughs> Corpsey. I guess we're going with Borps. I'm Justin. I'm
0: Pete. And we are going to be talking about Riverdale Season 6, Episode 19, Chapter 113, Biblical, a.k.a. the one where basically the entire cast dies. Everyone dies. It was a good run. I, uh, I enjoyed run. the show. It's going to be weird with only half <laughs> the characters here, but... Uh, bully for them, getting out while the getting's good
1: You know what I'm talking about? Wow. Well, yeah. yeah, I think it's a fun twist uh, I f- Eventually it's going to be like, who's PP going to end up with? Uh, like, That's where the real shift is no. Now,
0: a bit of recap before we get into it And I'll try to keep this as brief as possible But the town of Riverdale has been under attack by Percival Pickens P. There you go, <laughs> Pete, you always jump in
2: Yeah, I, I gave was, you the I'm space off. I was. He's, I'm, he's I'm, upset
0: I'm thrown. Yeah. I I just wanted to give just because all of your favorite characters died. Very. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm upset. But also, like, uh, I wanted to give you a shout out, man. I don't normally do this, but uh, never been proud to be part of this podcast. man. when you set
0: up that uh, Twitter thing, that was pretty amazing. Ah, oh, thanks, Pete. That's very sweet of you to say. I guess we could mention this before the recap. Uh, so last night, while the episode was airing live, obviously, as I'm sure most, if not all of you know, the Supreme Court overturned the ruling of Roe v. Wade, which is fucking awful and terrible uh, and a horrifying thing that's really only... Starting to take effect in a big way, I think, today, Monday, as we're taping it, as a bunch of states in the United States, if you're listening internationally, um, have completely reversed abortion rights. Abortion is healthcare, healthcare is a human right. We support that. So, not that this is a fun issue, but we decided to try to frame it in a fun way by doing a live tweet fundraiser where we gave different things. Uh, different dollar amounts and based on the dollar amounts if those things happened in the episode we would give a little bit of money so like two dollars if two characters kiss five dollars if anyone says end game fifty dollars if Veronica specifically says end game really wow the pooch there hey <laughs> come on glad to do it dude glad no I'm to happy it. to do it uh, the one that was funniest to me we uh, did a bunch of them and you can check them out on our Twitter account uh, but the one that was funniest <laughs> to me was I kind of threw this in there like yeah they'll probably mention baby Anthony once or twice so two dollars for baby Anthony and twenty dollars if baby Anthony gets called any name other than baby Anthony and beyond like the rest of the episode, there was that one scene where all the characters were like baby Anthony, baby Anthony, baby Anthony. Anthony, baby Anthony, Anthony. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to go broke here. Uh, and ultimately <laughs> it ended up, I think it was $209 over the course of the episode. Uh, so we donated that. And then totally awesomely, a bunch of Riverdale fans, also donated. There was one that matched the amount that was playing along. Wow. So a couple cool. of people did 50 bucks, some people did a hundred bucks, some people did less or more. You know, this was a way of, like, gamifying it a little bit. But if you want to donate, the link is still open. Uh, it's for the National Network of Abortion Funds. They have this great link. It's secure.actblue.com slash donate slash support abortion funds. You can also check out the link a bunch of times on our Twitter. And what they do is they split the donations yeah. among 92 local organizations, which That's are the ones that really great. need the help the most right now. Yeah. So great. Got
1: Of all of them to donate, I mean, a lot of them are great. But that one especially, like, really sort of spreads it out in a way that keeps it um, even in a time when it is very much uneven across the country.
0: So yeah, there you go. A little bit of uh, more serious business out of the way first, but thank you, everybody who supported that. And even if you didn't support it financially, if you retweeted it uh, just to get the word out there about that link, that is awesome. But back to the recap, Percival Pickens, is attacking pee-pee, the town pee-pee. Pee-pee, there we go Now we did it right <laughs> I gotta remember not to pause Is attacking the town of Riverdale He swore that things would get downright biblical This episode as we head into Tony and Oof. Fang's wedding Tony and Fang's are getting married To keep custody of baby Anthony Though, you know, they've been in a relationship for a while as well We can get into that Meanwhile, Cheryl has been working on her witch powers With her old flame Heather Who has moved over from Greendale That becomes very vitally important by the end of the the episode, and also has firepower. She is pyrokinetic. Archie is super strong, and he has been specifically fighting against Percival as Percival has been trying to build his ghost train through the town of Riverdale, which harnesses the power of ghosts to do dot, dot, dot. I guess we'll see. Something that. He's also been working very heavily with Tabitha, who has moved Pops diner to El Royale the boxing gym uh, in order to, uh, too complicated to mention but Tabitha has been really on the side of the workers as well including Fangs and uh, Moose and a couple of other people Moose and Kevin have been dating again while Kevin has been under the thrall of Percival Pickens and sparring with Tony and Fangs about custody of baby Anthony as we found out last episode and we could probably get into this for a little bit but the phrase we should actually uses he is not the biological father of baby Anthony. There's been a lot of, I think, rightful consternation about saying he's not the real father because, right. you know, he could be the real father. He is the real father of baby Anthony because he's the father, but he's not the biological he's father. Not to get into, into it right yeah. now at the moment too much. Uh, but Kevin has certainly been waffling a little bit back and forth between the sides of good and evil. Betty, meanwhile, is in the FBI. She finally put TBK, the trash bag killer in the, the back rear room mirror. Or so she thought mm. at least, While she has been dating Archie and they committed to... Can, can you say dating? I would say quote-unquote dating, no, say? no, no, they've no. They full-on full committed to each other in the this last episode, episode which great. No. While Jughead and Tabitha have been dating, Jughead, meanwhile, has locked himself in the sex bunker because he has been hearing voices from Rivervale, among every other voice in the world, because he has powers that allow him to heal people's thoughts. That plays out in a big way in this episode. Also, we should mention on the Rivervale front, people have been having Visions from Rivervale, the original five-episode event that kicked off the season. Seems like the realities are starting to bleed through a little bit. I know that I am forgetting somebody here. Veronica Veronica has the power to kill people. Merely by touching them, she has gotten that mostly under control as she continues to run her casino, the Babylonium, but also work several jobs and sing and dance occasionally. But A lot. She A lot has I also see. decided to be alone. She broke up with Reggie, who turned evil and helped out the magic man, Percival
1: Pickens. And, and seems to have vanished in general. Yeah.
0: In almost entirely. Doesn't even show up at the wedding, I don't think. Wild, Yeah. Uh, But I I think he's been uh, taking a bunch of pictures from really nice locales and posting them on Instagram. So I think everything is all good there. Charles Melton. Yeah. Doing great. He's doing great. great, Uh, But anyway, Veronica (laughs) has been single and she's been wrestling with that a little bit, which we get into again in a big way in this episode. So let's jump into it with all that preamble out of the way. So much stuff to get through, so much stuff to talk through. Um, where even should we start? First well, off,
1: uh, is this a backdoor? Or is this show just becoming Sabrina? Like we killing off all the characters and then bringing in another? Is, is this like a sneak? I tell uh, you new what, season. Sneak I'm Sabrina, there for sneak it, it. I'm
2: there for it. You mm-hmm. know, if Riverdale gets canceled, we can bring back Sabrina and then bring everybody from Riverdale over to Sabrina. It'd be a great plan. It'd be Man, great. I plan. have
0: uh, some wild news for you. Riverdale was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, but I'm
2: saying when that happens, we. Yeah. By the way, it wasn't canceled. They
0: just decided not to. They're end the walk. walking away on top of the mountaintop. Exactly. They're getting out while well, the getting's good. That's what That's I right. always like to say, at least two to three times over the course of the podcast. Uh, (laughs) I think it's nice that we get a – we didn't have a lot of
2: Jughead in the last episode. They just kind of said he was in the sex bunker, and that was it. So it was nice. I felt good that we started with a Jughead voiceover. I felt like, okay, good. We're
0: going to kind of get back to things. why don't we start with that? Because the stuff with Jughead certainly ties into the overall episode, particularly potentially at the end. But he is very much on his own track here. As he's writing Mm -hmm. stories, the stories are being stolen – he gets a <laughs> surprise burger that just kind of shows up um, for him. That was which, just a fun
2: uh, nod to the comics there. Where it was just like, geez, that we was in it. a wild
0: episode. That was the craziest moment. I well, was, and I love the VO where he's like, like, don't, don't eat it, man.
1: I mean, how often, like, I get it, though. You're hungry. There's a giant sewer pipe opening up Super Mario Brothers style. And you're like, that's a snack, it's a <laughs> snack. Yeah, but <laughs> he, he was—he
2: was like, this isn't right. This, that I shouldn't. But I loved how he recognized the smell of a pop's burger and was just mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, completely. did eat that he burger that weakness. showed up out of nowhere?
1: I, I don't he, know if I could it.
2: turn it turn it down. I mean, uh, it's it's a delicious burger, right? Yeah, there exactly.
1: If him. there's a garbage plate in front of you anywhere, you'd eat oh, it oh, yeah. off it's of a corpse. Of um, but I do <laughs> think like he ate it and it made his stomach upset, but. There, we don't know anything else about it. It's an open-ended mystery, I feel mm-hmm. like, right?
0: Well, uh, so uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, let oh, me add just a oh. couple of details to throw in there before we start to get too far into it. The other things that are going on, the characters from Rivervale seem to be showing up. We saw La Verona show up. Oh, perfect. In, thank you. Dale, one. Like, like a, also, chocolate, like a warm chocolate perfect. running down my I mouth. Cheryl say... Blossom in sacrificial attire from the beginning of the season. And the big one, of course, is at the end is the River Vale Jughead seems to show up. There also seems to be the one who's been stealing the stories just as Jug dies. And I don't know if this is what you're going to get into, Pete, but my question here was it seemed like based on what everybody was thinking that jughead probably died from the slaying of the firstborn but yes. my impression watching it was he died of uh the burger, yeah the, the burger. burger. yeah the garbage burger yeah no
1: the... i think it was the plague you think it was you the don't... plague i mean it Wait, tracks burger poisoning? And...
2: it seemed like a burger poison all right first off I'm, we need to help I you understand. and i are
1: on the same page about the burger poison yeah.
2: yeah i, well, you I guys just want help me understand mm-hmm. so we got tony as kind of like the water monster slime person la corona and uh in the other uh rivervale but then when we saw her i really wanted it to kind of like go into tony's face but Mm -hmm. then it transformed into jughead but i don't remember in rivervale jughead having any connection to the uh river ghost so that's why i was a little like is it jughead from the other uh rivervale being like i need stories which makes sense but the fact that it started with the swamp monster who I think created the burger out of swamp uh, disgustingness.
1: Now, here's, here's my take. I feel okay. like you're giving too much credit to um, the swamp monster here. I think the swamp okay. monster was just the first, like almost like the uh, a ghost of Christmas past, present, future visiting. Because I think Jughead arriving there, I don't think Jughead was stealing the stories. I think the other Rivervale characters were stealing the stories. I think Jughead wants him to keep writing. That's where the bottle came from. That said keep writing uh, Which I wish someone would give me that bottle
0: I I do think uh, My guess at this point Is it is the other Jughead stealing the stories In order to keep the writing going Like we're saying And that is why he wants him to keep writing Because Other Jughead, Riverdale Jughead, is, like we suspected, running out of stories very quickly. He can't actually keep typing forever. And regular Riverdale Jughead is the one that has the stories continuing forever because he exists in the quote-unquote actual universe, I would say. But what about uh, this one? I think Justin's absolutely right. Like, it is a Dickens-type situation with these three ghosts visiting him. Um, so it makes sense that you'd have the ghost of Christmas future Jughead show up just as he dies. That's the, that's the skeletal ghost with the scythe and stuff.
1: Yeah, the scariest one. Mm-hmm. In an episode mm-hmm. full of scary things. Who thought that just another Jughead would be truly terrifying? I mean, Again, the though, cheeseburger fair,
2: was the scariest part. I mean, you know. Is that like, the fourth ghost? Is that
1: like the Bob Cratchit? <laughs> it's the tiny, it's the tiny Tim. He ate Tiny Tim. Uh, he ate Tim. Tiny Tim, 100%. Yeah. Now, I do tiny think Tiny Tim's it, leg is what it was. W- when you're having – wow, that's fucked up. He, when you're yeah. having um, – Two jugheads. Oh, I'm not using
0: been... it anyway, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> oh, Feel free god. to stack away.
1: <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> he he gave it all uh tiny.
2: Surprise me. Oh my god, I jumped.
1: <sighs> the British accent got you, got you <laughs> Yeah, up it hard. got me the perfect. perfect British yeah, I was accent. like, who the uh, that's, hell Who's
0: that? <laughs> oh, oh
1: wow, God. you're actually better at it in the accent. <laughs> Maybe that's how you should just go into no, talking, don't. just become. I can no. I'm
0: here for my Spanish lessons.
1: <laughs> no. um, the, uh, the when you get two jugheads, famously not great writers, being like. Hurry up and keep writing. It's really a race to the bottom here. Yeah. They need well, to get another person in there.
0: They got to get a third Jughead because eventually our Jughead's going to run out of stories and he's going to run across to valley and be like, give me your stories. And they're just going to start passing the stuff back and forth. But famously,
1: Jughead can only write something if it's being told to him by another person. Right. Like he's in this episode, he's like, my writing's going great. I hear voices and I just write down what they say. I riff off it. I'm like, that's not writing, dude. That's tra- he's like a court stenographer. He had two court stenographers trying to write stories to keep a universe going.
2: Well, I mean, you know, for some people, it might be that that might be writing for them. You you never know. You don't you don't know what their process is. My you point. You think the is writers though, of you
1: think the writers of Riverdale are being whispered the plots of this show? That's right. Because I want to hear wake who's up saying that. night with a There's, nightmare
2: of an idea, they're covered um, in rats. One rat oh, in their mouth, yeah. <laughs> a whispering in their ears. Yeah, 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 it's a ratatouille writing situation. Yeah. But my Everybody
1: point is, he dies at the wedding.
2: How it, upset would you be? If you come from a different universe to see yourself and to check out your writing, you get there just to see that other person die. I mean, the timing of that is just... Mind-boggling.
1: And do you think v- Riverdale Jughead is like, like, whoa, I thought where I came from was fucked up. What the fuck is going on in here? It's <laughs> just to be Riverdale. They're
0: like, yeah, this is like a really dark version of the Riverdale universe. like, no, it ain't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no,
1: if so- anything, it's like the vacation Riverdale. I want to yeah, pop over to Riverdale for it's some fun. They're <laughs> like going to an amusement park.
0: All right, oh. lots of other stuff to talk about in the episode though. So do we want to jump to the main plot with uh, What's the main plot? Uh Tony and Fag's wedding.
1: Uh, oh yeah. Oh, Ooh, we got not a fan. And I got to say, this was perhaps uh we've been talking about Shoney as a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this ep- and how as each episode As the only thing. Each episode keeps pushing Shoney further oh, off. True. And this one even further. Like, and I don't say that with pleasure. I say that with uh, uh, Alex as our Shoney uh, rep representative voted by the Shoney population to represent uh, on this podcast.
0: Uh, I'll tell you what, watching, watching Cheryl have to marry Tony and Fags. I had COVID this week. This was worse. Wow.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. sorry Sorry. Uh,
2: But I also think that like, uh, Cheryl's sidestep so they could kiss was, uh, I mean, that was a master stroke of Cheryl kind of like, I can't take being this close to this, but also like a polite, nice thing to do. Uh, I was really impressed with Cheryl, except for the murder she wanted to do in this episode, which She's was understandable because a lot of times when people get married, that's the gift they can't put on the registry you know what i mean like that's one someone, murder yeah yeah if you mm-hmm. could, wouldn't mind murdering someone for my
1: union by um, the way i also let me just say i never said but thank you for the wedding gift
2: you got <laughs> hey man i told you we would never have to talk about it again
1: my eighth grade bully is fully gone thank you <laughs> <laughs> now you can live free man enjoy your new life
0: I mean, just to talk about this plot overall, so Tony and Fangs are deciding to get married. They've moved up the date. They're going to do it quickly. But uh, over the course of it, Percival very specifically is attacking not just the town with plagues, but Tony and Fangs' wedding with plagues that forces them to pivot a couple of different times. They enlist Veronica as a wedding planner, which she kind of takes to reluctantly. They get Cheryl Doesn't to want officiate job. over the wedding, which... Also, she's doing reluctantly. Kevin gives up the custody battle to Tony and Fags, and so they ask him to perform at the wedding. And here's the thing. You guys got to help me out, because like we were talking about before, I'm a Shoney Shipper, you know, Uh, Died in the wool or whatever the expression is So like this was very Hard to watch but the Idea like just trying to think from a logical Perspective and I know they're friends and I know we're Watching a TV show like I understand that logically But emotionally the idea of Tony and Fags being like Hey, to Tony, hey, my ex-girlfriend who still clearly is in love with me, officiate yeah. my wedding, and Fags being like, Hey, Kevin, my ex-boyfriend, who we just won a custody battle and wrecked his life because of it, and he's bubbed out and is with the most evil guy in town, perform at our wedding? That's fucked up.
1: I mean, I a hundred percent agree. The idea of asking an ex to officiate your wedding is truly in a show where we have uh terms like um uh wormwood locust, uh, flying around, um, harlot of Babylon. That is the craziest thing that happened in this episode by far.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, it was hard because when the wedding started, I initially booed because I was like, I am, I don't, I'm not on this team. I'm not rooting for this team. Um, but the show worked really hard to give them the vows and the moments to kind of win over the crowd. I just don't know if we can do it. I mean, we're in too deep for our other ships, but uh, they gave it a go. I mean, it was weird that like, everybody was kind of like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do a wedding. It seems like we're being attacked by like a really super evil force. And Archie was like, we need to do this. And it was like, okay, I guess we need to do this. But it really seemed like maybe if we focused more on the PP. Unless on a wedding that maybe half the the town doesn't believe in, you know, but it was an interesting point of kind of like
0: this is will bring us together. Uh, I To your point, Pete, and again, this is me putting all emotion aside and thinking entirely logically, I do think the actors all did a good job. I think the way that they executed it looks good. You're absolutely right in terms of the sequence. They really, really tried very hard to sell everybody on this relationship, the wedding, and in the overall plot of the episode in terms of bringing the cast together in this joyful moment, like just looking at that moment, totally divorced from having watched six seasons of the show. I think, yes, visually that worked, but emotionally it's not satisfying and it's not satisfying Mm. in the way of like Yes, I guess I'm glad to see a more emotional Cheryl, but I would be more satisfied for Cheryl to be like, no, Tony, I love you (laughs) at this wedding and try to disrupt the wedding. And that to me, even with the incredible emotional growth she's gotten over the course of the season with Heather and everything else, that to me feels more true to the character personally, but I understand that's also not a move that they wanted to make right now.
1: And I I just think... Cheryl seems to have moved on. Tony's clearly moved on and Cheryl's does as well. Like in the scene with her and Heather, and she's goddamn like, well, mouth. well, and I say that like, I'm, I'm just trying to bring what the take on the show uncolored by Shoney loving Shoney. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think what the show is telling us is like, Hey, and maybe this isn't permanent, but currently she, even Cheryl has moved on When she gets no. the call with Heather. And she's like, uh, Tony wants me to officiate a, a wedding. And Heather's like, that's hard. She's like, yeah she says like, it's like she's a very she's nice thing to do 100 percent. and like they are the connection over the course of the episode when she, when cheryl steps aside after officiating the wedding she's not upset she's making way oh
2: my god did you see the look on her face when she stepped aside it was amazing I, it was like i
1: don't think it was very it was not m- meant to be a statement i don't think i think it was an actor playing the role and like being like i have feelings here But the show wasn't like showing us that that was an important moment because I think the show is telling us uh, Cheryl and Heather. Well, uh, I think sometimes the the
2: camera can't help but capture emotion. Well, of course. And that was like a real kind of moment of Cheryl kind of dying a little bit inside along with all of us. But I think it's – it is nice that you can kind of not be emotional about this and just say – Uh, a little bit of uh, what's going on, because it's hard not to see
0: it through these emotions. So, Well, I mean, the other side of it is that 100%, honestly, I watched that scene and I was like, okay, here we go, Shodi's coming. (laughs) Because, and I I think the reason for this is that, like, you're absolutely right. Yes, Cheryl is with Heather, and Tony is clearly married to fags other than the fact that they're both corpses. I think they're both dead at the end of the episode. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's going to be tough. In terms of their relationship well, uh, But I do think At least they're on is, the same page, Alex Yes, just looking at Cheryl's development Like we've been talking about I think the idea here, as we've been talking about for seasons Is that Cheryl was with Tony they loved each other deeply and fully, but it didn't quite work because of the places that they were in as people. Cheryl then got together with Minerva, who was just another Cheryl, but it was very much the rebound relationship. Here with Heather, she's allowed to grow and change and become a more full, whole person so that she can get Here. back together with Tim. You're
1: a conspiracy theorist. You're a flat I earther. I, You're I, a I, I'm a shiny flat right. earther. I'll, I, I'll put money
0: on it. I'll put money on it. How much money do you want? Yeah, how much thousand? money do I want?
1: Exactly. Because that, that's how this is wagers going to go. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I still, I still Shoney's in the bones of this show and I would be surprised if they don't get back to it. But this show also almost exclusively moves forward at a blistering pace Yeah, but and think it very about- rarely goes backward.
2: But think about the tears of joy when in the last season, at some point they get back together, and like you know, maybe for a moment in time. I'm gonna be honest. I'll I'll say
0: something very potentially controversial here. I think as we are entering the last season of Riverdale, the final season of Riverdale with season seven, I think they were they are probably aware there would be. More negative press, more pissed off, more upset people, more frustrated people. If Shoney didn't get together by the end, than for Bughead or Barchi or Varchi or any of those combinations.
1: Wow. Interesting take. Again, perhaps influenced by your <laughs> personal take. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you're saying your oh, issue no. is the biggest issue that everyone has to deal with in this show? Yeah, and I think your everybody's issue.
0: like super on board with it. Yeah. yeah, I
1: guess we'll see. Um, I, I don't want to be painted as an anti-Shoney because I am pro-Shoney. It's just you guys are uh, you guys are peepees in the Shoney army. Yeah, <laughs>
0: we're, we're over the deep
1: end, and <laughs> you got three, a couple two, peepees two. over here. Yeah, we're a bunch of Shoney truthers. It's fine. You're Shoney peepees. Yeah, yeah easy. About. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on and talk Should about we call it Shonenon. We could call it Shonenon. Oh, that. Oh my god. <laughs> well, careful, <laughs> no, don't buddy. Do that. Well, okay. I would
2: like to talk about. It was nice to see Kevin have a good app. I was very happy for Kevin. I think his like apology and, uh, you know, kind of like uh, uh, kind of being like, hey, you know what? I don't want to make things hard for you guys. Like, you know, raise your child and, you know, I'll be here if you need me. I thought it was really it was this was a great app for uh, and also to see Moose and Kevin sit next to each other at the wedding was great. It was really uh, it was nice to see
0: Kevin get a, in, in a better space in the show. It makes me worried what they're going to well, do to him next. But. Uh, the last thing that I'll say about this, just to add on to what you're saying here, Pete, is I do think part of the function of having everybody be settled and moving on from – Cheryl to Tony to Fags to Kevin to Boos to everybody is you could hit it with, and now everybody's dead at the end. So like you get everybody yeah. to this really happy joyful place, and then you pull the rug out as big as humanly possible. So I do think that was the structure of the episode. But there. I did really like how they were having a
2: meeting at the uh, pops, uh, you know, pop up pops, and uh, oh nice, um, and they were like, wait there's another person here. We're forgetting about Kevin. Maybe he knows things. So I thought that was a nice realization for everybody to be like, hey, uh, power numbers here. We should be, you know, kind of uh, talking to everybody, which made me excited.
1: Well, I think they gave up on Kevin, like we've talked about. And it it was nice to have him make that gesture that he did about dropping the suit and then them realize like, oh, maybe he's uh, got some redemption in him yet. And I think he does. And maybe the show is going to give us that redemptive Kevin arc here, even if it means uh, something horrible is going to happen to him.
0: Yeah, potentially. I don't know. It definitely feels like given that they killed off half the cast towards the end of the season, we know they're, they're going to be back next episode. We know they're going to be back for the final battle. I do wonder if we are going to have at least one actual permanent sacrifice death by the end here. Probably not Jughead because we've been told it is Jughead, but could be Kevin. Could be somebody well, that's else. What, I don't know. I, I,
1: that's what uh, – the Kevin arc is – he's in the most danger, I think, uh, because he is close to Pee-Pee. pee now knows that he – Yeah, um, betrayed has turned him, betrayed him. So like the whole yeah, that thing – It was
2: not it, a smart plan for Betty just to storm in there and tell Pee-Pee everything she knows. That was kind of like, Betty, come on. What is what, – what are we so doing?
1: So
0: there's two moments that, where that happens. There's one with Betty where she storms in and it's just like enough of these plagues already. And Archie does the same thing where yeah. – uh, those actually felt very natural to me for both of those yeah. characters because hard disagree biblical plagues. This is their wits end. Like this is, they've been dealing when grappling with these superpowers and the supernatural stuff, but this is really so far beyond them at this point. They do not have any idea how to deal with that. Um, Wait, I'm and, sorry.
2: I'm sorry. Yes. You're saying all the other stuff that they were dealing with before was fine. And a couple grasshoppers, frogs, and blood in the water,
1: and your lice. Just which I, when mm-hmm. I I grew up, everyone had lice. So like, oh um, shit! I guess I was in a plague <laughs> for a while. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> there is lice flying around in upstate New York. Like, oh, we had oh, lice man. checks when on they had, What kind it? of when they well had that. school did you go to, man? I never had it, but my brother
0: did. When uh, they had that close up on them shampooing Juniper's head, you were like, "I'm home."
1: Yeah, I mean, truly, I have a daughter named Juniper, so it's <laughs> <That's So>. really <laughs> real.
0: Every morning you wake her up by rubbing your head <laughs> on her, like, here you go, take daddy's lice. <laughs> and what?
1: technically, I guess I have a daughter, but I also have all of the lice that are also part of my family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're, we're louse-free over here in
0: Brooklyn. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Thank you for saying that. Uh, As you the, the, I just wanted to mention, I, I know I joked about this earlier, but with the plagues thing, so all of those plagues are from the story of Passover. So as soon as they Ah, got into that's what I was getting to earlier. As soon as right at the top of the episode, they were like, frogs, vermin, rivers of blood. I was like, oh, okay, we're doing Passover, so this is going to end with the slaying of the firstborn. And my next thought after that was like, huh, I really wish they had some Jews in Riverdale.
1: Could have been Iga.
0: Like, oh, we <laughs> see what's happening. Uh, they would have known. They would have gotten that. The only, yeah. as far as I know, the only Jewish character in Archie Comics is Dilted, and he died several seasons back. So oh, <laughs> um, he could have worn them, but oh well. Yeah. Maybe said, that's hey, what they're going to bring Lucifer's back.
2: First born here. We, you're gotta, we got a classic uh, you're Pesach die, going on here, guys. Die.
0: Oh, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> uh,
2: wow i didn't well that's
0: that's good to know that's yeah we're talking about, for the first minute of the episode i was like this is where it's going so
1: wow uh while we're talking about like just all of the awful things that happened this episode i want to talk about maybe the worst the um the napkin fold that veronica uh chose for the wedding i what don't you, think so
2: what are you talking about those were beautiful little swan birds the table no napkin good. swan what Would what you what, you would rather have a triangle than a swan
1: I mean, it's a little, I'm just saying it's a little like Borscht belt cruise ship for a, a nice a high, society. A high society How diner wedding. It's a diner How wedding. It's a wedding in a pop-up diner. She like, let's performed make something Sondheim nice. at the rehearsal
0: dinner. I think, so, let, I let's think we're general, already let, very firmly in the cast. First off, I, I, say I thought
2: that's that fair. napkin thing was uh, adorbs and a nice touch when everybody was about to die. I mean, if you I guess, so that I'd be happy over, to.
1: If you're like I'd be happy to plan it. your wedding, Pete, because it seems like you have uh, low standards.
2: Okay, well, I'm just saying if you're dying past the table and the last thing you see is maybe some napkins on your way down, you're going to be like, oh, that's a little goose. Oh, that's adorable. You it's know, a goose. You know, it's a nice thought to have <laughs> as you're kind of yeah. passing the table and, and crashing to the ground. To the, yeah. And then when you get to hell, Satan is like, ha-ha, fucker, it was a swan. Now, uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, Veronica's uh, performance really triggered me. And I had a lot of flashbacks to some like horrible uh, improv shows and stuff where people would just be yelling at the audience like, you should be laughing. You should all rise and praise me. I was like, holy shit, this is a really weird uh, number.
1: Well, talk about talking about Veronica's storyline all altogether. I thought it was great. Like she's like, I'm alone. This is something we've talked about a lot this season, and um, then she finally is giving it voice. Uh, I'm alone, um, and then she does this like killer number. She's had the most songs in this season by far. Which this I was think is cool.
0: This was great, by the way. I, I loved it. This number was so good, so well performed. I, it is very funny to me that she did a number from Company. Um, Ladies Who Lunch, when there are two numbers that are about weddings that happened in the show that she didn't do, she's like, nah, not important here, let's not do that. But it worked really well, and all of the moments with the cast were so fun. I loved her sitting on Britta, who seems to be the biggest musical theater
1: fan. Very fun. Britta, a big showing in today's episode. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it was nice to see her get a little shine. Uh, But Sorry, I interrupted you, Justin. You were talking about Veronica's stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, and so that moment and I feel like everyone's expressing a little bit of concern for her in the middle of that song. We yeah. they're enjoying it but they're also like, "Yo, what's up with this lady?" And then she uh Betty offers that offers her the chance to come to the wedding with um her ex, uh which I thought was, you know, sort of like nice but also like we not not great. And but then the a- great scene, the great scene with Tabitha wait, wait, where wait. she's
2: you yeah. you mentioned that and that was a really nice moment where uh, and it helped Veronica. You know, she kind of remembered a little bit of who she was fighting for, her friends, and that was adorable. We thought of the three of them going to a dance together before all this madness occurred. I thought that was a beautiful little moment.
0: Sorry, go ahead. can I, can I ask a quick question? This is a, definitely a side note, but in that speech, where which I also thought was very sweet and a very sweet scene, and I love that they are really doubling down on Betty and Veronica being friends in these last e few episodes. Forever, so nice to see again. But Veronica says it reminds me what I'm fighting for. in This wicked. Little town, wicked little town, was the Hedwig episode, which included the first Barchi kiss, where they were cheating on Jughead Veronica. Do you think that was a reference at all?
1: Um, yeah, probably just a, a casual like, like knock on that. I, I thought that that's cool to have that like, very subtle uh, callback to that. Yeah, um, but so I was saying that that last scene with her and Tabitha, where she's like, "Hey Tabitha, you see the future." What oh, is Endgame? God. And yeah. I thought this this was I got my heart was racing yeah. when she asked that, like, oh and especially God. the What's fact it? that they lingered that yeah. she was about like we got a back call back for she was about to answer, um, and she was very much like I think what she was going to say is like actually it's neither or something else happens, and that's no. right when everyone started dying.
2: No way, but, man! It seemed like she was going to say you get RG. Oh, no, I don't think I, so. That's that's you.
0: Know, you. No, I. I almost think it doesn't matter what she yes. was going to say. Like, 100%. It is not the sort of scene the way they structured Why? Structure because it. everybody died? No, because I think, like, they might be planning for season seven now. They might actually have an idea of what the end games are potentially down the road, but that's also 22 episodes down whatever happens in that season. I do yeah. think this is the sort of thing where it's open-ended and whatever she was going to say could be applicable to this season. Like Justin is saying, like, well, I'll tell you. Actually, Archie is about to die right now. And the next episode, we're going to be witches. Like that's the thing that she could say, or uh. versus like, well, actually, you're never going to be Ed or well, actually, Betty's never going to be Ed Gabe, or you know, whatever it was. Um, it. I it seemed like she had I, like a little mischievous smile of like, I no, have she good news upset for you. To me.
2: I've yeah, been she's used for you, but I don't want to spoil things. I mean, I know why you thought that, Pete. I know. Why yeah, exactly.
1: You guys are <laughs> both just like well, you're just like so obvious. Oh both yeah, you're really like, above this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Anyway, Barchi, strong ass. telling you <laughs> what I was seeing. That's all I'm saying. Uh, we're where are suckers, all three of us. One hundred percent, three of us. One hundred percent. We um, should
0: call this Riverdale after Lucy pulls away the football. Yeah, <laughs> oh.
1: that's very funny. Um, but I thought this storyline was really cool. I love the shot that led to that Tabitha scene where it cuts through all the couples in love and lands on Veronica alone. Mm-hmm. Um, very good. I don't I don't know who she could possibly be with. Right now. I don't know. Like, it's not Reggie, I don't think. Could like, be Reggie. It could be. He wasn't there, but he would have to come out of PP's influence. And Yeah,
2: he would have know. to come back. I mean, if Kevin could come back, uh Reg can, you know.
1: It just makes me feel like there's another story that Veronica is about to be a part of. Do you think – I'm just going to throw out
0: a wild possibility. Just because we're talking about the end of the season here and who potentially could die. Do you think maybe Veronica could die? And the reason That's, I th- – Throw that so I was going to say there. that's
1: something that I felt like Tabitha, Tabitha wouldn't be pointing. like. Actually, you're going
0: to die. Like that's I not mean, what... certainly she could be like that. I think no. also there's something to be said for following the plot of like Tabitha Veronica has been supporting Betty and Archie, supporting this relationship. She's alone. If she gets in a position where it's like it's me or it's Betty and Archie. I think Varchi fans would blow a gasket. Mind you, there's an entire other season, so I think we're going to be okay there. I don't think Veronica is going to be permanently dead. But I do think we could see a situation where Veronica sacrifices herself to save very specifically them and being like, no, you are endgame. And then lets them go. Yep. And then everybody ah, in the badass. fan base loses their absolute minds. Yeah. Again, I will remind you, if that happens, there are 22 more episodes to go after that finale. So I don't think anything that is said about Endgame in this finale means anything necessarily. But I could see that moment happening. Wait, so how many apps do we got left? So we are on episode 18. There's four more at this point.
1: And then 22 after that. Yes. So She'll 26 see, you hours. Are- you are endgame. I am friend game. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye.
0: She'll be like, ooh, is that a goose? And then she'll die.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. my last words are seeing cool a mediocre napkin out. fold on my oh, way to the ground. On, so <laughs> lots of
0: other things happened in the episode, though. I know we're kind of rushing <inaudible> through here. But uh, what else should we talk about? What else should we call out? I, I know we mentioned it was a good plotline for Kevin. Uh, we didn't really talk about Tony and Fags too much. They was mostly weird? seem... Go ahead, Pete.
2: Was it weird that uh, Heather was like, "We should call Sabrina"? When it, like I thought it would occur to Cheryl because Cheryl is, has a Sabrina in as well. You know what I mean? She doesn't know
0: Sabrina. Abigail yeah. Blossom knew Sabrina oh, over in Rivervale. That's Cheryl why. Actually know thank her. you,
2: thank you for clearing that up. I
0: am interested on that note to see which. Sabrina is going to show up. And what I mean by that is like, is it the Sabrina directly from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? We're going to get follow up adventures there. Is it the Sabrina that we saw over in Vale? I'm going to say probably not. And also, uh, Heather says she's a great necromancer. Wasn't there a whole thing? Wow, how she hates. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that. kind of messed it up a little bit, if I yeah. remember correctly for the series. So we'll see how much that plays in.
1: Yeah, I'm curious what they... They could do anything, really. Um, a couple things. Like, I loved the scene the when our, our gang storms pee uh antique roadshow shop. Oh, my um, God. The that was badass. Move? Holy so cool. shit. And the powder. Like, where's dope?
2: that shit kind of been?
0: I mean, if we could do that, like, come on, man. Yeah, that really... They played that out like a final battle moment. Obviously yeah. it's not like uh I think Roberto Aguirre Sacasa called it on Instagram. This is the Red Wedding episode, almost literally. Oh. Um so overall oh, cool. uh, I love that clearly we were supposed to be set up to win, so we're not getting the end game moment yet, but super, super fun. We should probably talk about Nana Blossom. Yeah, we haven't let's talked do about it. that yet. Fuck! Holy shit! Oh my god! god. Tough half for Nana. Oh my god! Jesus, she, is she water? actually dead now? Did Percival actually Wait, kill did her? Did you
2: see that little ghost uh, come out the of red? her mouth? Yeah, yeah. yeah. is this... that the ghost or the soul of the other person that was also
0: living inside her? So there was nobody. This I don't think we're supposed to know exactly what was going on there yet, unless that was. Part of the spell that he was using to kill the firstborn, potentially, but that's what I think. It's certainly, no, we would have seen everybody do the ghost move. That
1: was like, no, me- I think that was the plague itself, leaving her and going to everyone else. Yeah, more by the way, I read it really. But if that's the
0: death of Dana Blossom,
1: what a bubber! So oh, sad, wow. so bursting sad into flames, and huh. then uh...
0: that was the most stressed out I got the entire episode, including the tags' wedding. I kept, wow. I kept
1: saying, I, I, uh,
2: I thought kept, kept thinking Cheryl would like kick in the door because she PP was being loud. And I thought like, <laughs> Cheryl's definitely going to hear this. I don't know what part of the house
1: she's in, but she Cheryl's was at gotta a wedding event.
2: Oh, uh, it was, yeah. uh, I really wanted Cheryl to save the day and, uh, and not have her die. It was, uh, I, when everybody else died,
0: I was like, okay, great. But that was, you know, to see Nana go out like that. Well, I mean, given we have a necromancer coming in the next episode to bring people back to life, there's certainly a possibility there. Maybe Nana is off the show, but they could also do a thing where Sabrina's like, well, let's do a quick practice spell on your Nana in case it goes wrong. Oh, great call. Oh, good call. Yeah, so She's lived a know. full life. Yes, <laughs> It's fine. Full um, evil life. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there, I guess, with her. But, man, that... That see the twist there with the pyrokinesis taking down Percival ah, another when he great jumped scene. in the chair, I was like, Oh shit, you this knew what a- was happening because I didn't pick it up until
1: that I was like, was I thought it was really I was well,
2: the only other person in the fucking chair was
0: nana.
1: Yeah, and that's how magic works. Oh, where your butt is. Yep. Any moments you sit from the on.
0: episode you guys want to call out before we start to wrap up here?
1: that is was a great, ep- really well shot episode, and truly like scary. This is a huge, big yeah. action episode, and I thought it was just really great. And I'll mention, this is
0: actually the last episode that Brian E. Patterson, who we had on the podcast a couple of months ago, I guess at this point, uh, he wrote on the show starting in season one all the way through here. And this is the last episode he wrote. I don't know where he's headed next, but great run over the course of six episodes and definitely a very big episode to go out on.
2: Indeed. I also just want to quickly say that uh, Creepy
0: Baby Doll was really intense.
1: Everything's scary. Every yeah.
0: little bit is scary Quick, in this show. Make us a doll that looks exactly like Baby Anthony. Do they, they have dolls of everybody
1: just in case? Oh my god. I'm sure it's good to just have that have that stock stockpile there.
0: Mm-hmm. Who was the MVP this episode, Justin? Who is MVP?
1: gotta give it up to ronnie in this episode great oh, veronica wow. episode she's sort of taking the center spotlight that jughead used to occupy in this show as like the one who is observing and uh, sort of driving the action and i'm here for it i really looking forward to sort of where she ends up at this uh, as the season's closing up
0: pete what about you who's mvp
2: I gotta go with Nana. Uh, You know, if this is it, we gotta give her a shout out and appreciate everything she's brought to the show. So um, she's been a part of a lot of evil plans. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see her inside the walls someday.
1: But, uh, you know, R.I.P. Thanks for what you did. The dream to end up in the walls <laughs> yeah. on this show for real. I mean, that's a, true. I'm going to put
0: that out of your tombstone, Pete, see in the walls. Someday. He's in the walls now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I guess your epitaph actually was, was that a goose? Um, so I'm going to give it up. <laughs> nice uh, goose we didn't talk about it much, but I'm going to actually give it up for Archie. This episode, I thought like great Archie, the yeah. emotional depths that he went to this episode, how strung out he got was great. The seeds of him, fixing the railroad in the darkness were really Beautiful. intensely filmed. It looked like he built the whole thing himself. Yeah. So really good stuff uh, for him, which was surprising and fun to see. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast, and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. Betty
1: plus Corpse (laughs) is Borps. Let's (laughs) trend (laughs) it.